Hello, everyone. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. You're listening to the Financials Edition taped on Wednesday, June 28th, but you'll be listening to this on July 3rd, 2017. My name is Gabby LaPera, and joining me in the studio is a brand new guest, Dan Klein. <laughs> brand new on this version of Industry Focus. <laughs> on this version of Industry Focus, that's true. Dan Klein is one of our Motley Fool contributors, and one of his areas of specialty is careers which I'm very excited to have him here to talk about today. I thought we'd kind of shake it up. I know we did a personal finance episode a couple weeks ago, and now we're going to be talking about what to do, how to get that (laughs) money that you're using for personal finance. So Thank you very much for joining us, Dan. Thank you for having me. So Dan flew up from Florida, and I have to say the same thing that I do Literally every time I have someone in the studio, I'm so pumped to have someone in the studio. <laughs> Vince is the same way because I, I do some of these over Skype, and it's one, it's hard because you don't see the other person, mm-hmm. so it's difficult to react. But also, it's much more fun being here. Yeah, the only thing is I have to be very careful because um, I know that when people are on Skype, like I can just like I like mess with my chair, <laughs> I like scratch my chin, I like. I don't know. Like I do all these things, and every once in a while, like I'll catch a, a little snippet of me like finishing talking to Maxfield, and all of a sudden I'm like leaning way back to slurp on my tea so it doesn't get picked up by the mic, and it's not cute. But I'm gonna be focused. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna be good looking. Although most of you guys are listening to this as a podcast and not watching the video, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but in the interest of having a normal conversation while I make eye contact, I will make sure to to be normal. Um, okay, so today's topic of the show, kind of timely. School's just gotten out. Should kids work? That's what we're going to talk about today. And Dan and I both are people with strong opinions. So. Yeah, so, so <laughs> both of us worked growing up. I had a family business, and from the age of about eight on, on Saturdays, my father worked from seven to three, and I went to work. And maybe I stuffed envelopes, maybe I counted things, maybe I just changed the channel on the television for the salesmen who were working and answering phone calls. But there was always work. Now, that was important for me because I wasn't a great student and it showed me there is more to life than school. So in a lot of cases, I think work can absolutely be important to kids. But if your kid is a driven scholar or like my brother who was a self-made uh, division one baseball player who'd get up at three in the morning to I don't know what baseball players do uh, throw himself fly balls <laughs> or swing the bat or, or whatever it is this is very foreign to me then okay I think you're learning those things but otherwise work is important and you had a different growing up work experience yeah so I grew up um, my parents just for a little bit of background are immigrants they got here in 84 um, they've both worked hard their entire lives they actually came here originally for grad school um, and then they just kind of stuck around forever but my dad has been working since he was 12 because his father died of um, of a stroke when he was very young so he's been working his entire life so when I said that I wanted to start working, well, officially start working like with a W-2 <laughs> when I was 14, my dad was like, no, I don't want you to. I love you so much. I worked so hard so that you didn't have to work. And like, do you think like we're in financial trouble? Like, is that why you're trying to work? Like, you don't have to work, baby. And I was just like, no, I, I want to work. Like, I grew up watching both of my parents work so hard. And I also wanted to contribute to the household, even if it was only for my own expenses which I had a lot of because I chose a very expensive hobby as a 14-year-old. I was going to say, short of being a heroin addict, you, you <laughs> chose the most expensive hobby you could have as a kid. It's true. I, I 
was and am a horseback rider. I love ponies. If you want to send me a picture of ponies, listeners, industryfocus at fool.com, always welcome. Yeah, see, I didn't do that. And I'm struggling with this now. I have a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. And I have a 13 year old who's a smart kid. He has his interests, but school doesn't really captivate him. And he doesn't really have a drive. But he's grown up with parents who are reasonably well off. We live in a nice house. We have a vacation home. We can kind of do what we want. So his sense of money and where money comes from is appalling. He's very into sneakers. And he'll say to me, (laughs) well, when I work, I'll just buy whatever sneakers I want. And I'll say to him, I said, how much are those sneakers you want? I'll say, oh, they're 220. I'll say, how many hours do you think you have to work at the local grocery store as a 15-year-old after taxes, after everything, after me making you put money in a college fund or wherever I make you do with it? How many hours do you think you have to work? I said, it's like 30. You probably have to work 30 hours, maybe even more. So that might be three weeks, three and a half weeks of like in school working, you know, eight, 10 hours a week. It doesn't register. So I very much want him to have a job. Yeah, I, I totally sympathize with that. And I think that, um, one of the, one of the really great things about getting a job is that it really does teach kids like what the value of money is. Um, especially I think that a really great way to do this is to get them is to have them cash their check and actually have physical cash because it's so much harder to part with that dollar when you're <laughs> physically handing it over to someone and good Lord knows that I know that because I used to work in the service industry and I would I would leave with like with just like because you know you mostly get tipped in like ones and fives right. so I'm sure that the lady at the bank thought I did something else <laughs> but like I would leave the bar with like these stacks of like $500 worth of just dollar bills. And it's like, it's just so much harder to pay for, well, A, it's harder to pay for groceries because you have a ton of ones, but B, it's a lot harder because you're like, They call that the stripper's dilemma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you pay your rent in a thousand ones. It's not, uh, I just made that up. That's not a thing. (laughs) Well, it's actually funny because I used to have my dad um, go and deposit my money at the bank for me because he was retired at the time and just was happy to do favors for me. Um, and apparently the first time he went in, it was this really small town bank. And the lady was like, oh, this is a lot of money, sir. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, it's from my daughter. And she just stares at him like with these big, <laughs> wide eyes. And he's like, no, 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 she's a bartender. She's really, but it's okay. Like, because I checked out the bar and it was, it's an okay place to work. Like, it's, I, I, I take care of my family. <laughs> it's like, it, it, you know, th- there is, there's all of those dilemmas. Because as a parent, if your kid has an after school job, Is it taking away from their studies? Mm. Is it stopping them from doing an extracurricular activity? And I'm fine with my son not working if his off time is focused. If if, if he, you know, I'm all in favor of have some downtime, play some video games, swim in the pool, do whatever you want. But if he's going to spend three or four hours playing video games, that to me is not the equivalent of saying, yeah, I want to volunteer at the soup kitchen. If you want to do that instead of working, that's fabulous. If he throws himself into learning how to paddleboard or whatever ridiculous you know thing he likes, I'm fine with that as long as it's sort of a useful pursuit. But actually making money and sort of learning how to deal with that and what it takes, it's not just about the money. You know, you, you've had, we've both had bad jobs. We talked about this before. Definitely. It teaches you what you don't want to do. So, not that I was going to become a professional coat check. I don't know that that's a job. But one of my first jobs was being a coat check. And on the surface, it's a dream job. You do nothing for three and a half out of four hours. The caterer feeds you, so you get a, you get a good meal, as long as you're nice to them. But what I hadn't banked on is I worked at a temple. 
and every man had the same brown raincoat and lost his coat check. So at the end of the night, it was just a half hour of miserable chaos of people just being like, oh, it's the brown L.L. Bean raincoat. I'd be like, ah, yeah, that's every coat here. So I knew that the trade-off of having the three and a half hours I could read a book was not worth, worth the half hour. So for me, work has always been about being steadily engaged. And I learned that at a very young age, that I wasn't in pursuit of easy. I was in pursuit of busy. And I think you've learned, you know, you, you aren't doing what you set out to do in a sort of very delightful way. Yeah, absolutely not. And I think that this is also a really important facet of kids working because it's a really low stakes way of trying a lot of different jobs, right? So I have worked at horseback riding barns. I've bartended. I've tutored. Um, I also had paid internships, which I think should also count as jobs, even if they're <laughs> like limited terms. I've had unpaid internships as well um, at the Smithsonian, at the U.S. Senate, like all sorts of different places. It's all about experiences. And I learned that I didn't want to be in politics after working at the Senate. I learned that I would not be a good teacher after uh, volunteering with special needs kids. Like it's a really, really good way to learn what you're good at. So the job that I have now, actually, I work as an analyst and an editor. Um, I started working as an editor when I was 19, when at an internship, a paid internship, <laughs> if you can get those through the Wow. Best. As an editor, that's, that's <laughs> tough to come by these days. So it was actually a, a biological anthropology internship, but we had all these manuscripts constantly kind of revolving through the office that were, get, that were up to be published. And I was kind of a, a cheap way to edit all of the stuff before they went to an official editor. And like the longer the editor took to edit it, the more they charged. Um, and so it was way better to run it through me first. And that's where I learned all my skills. Um, but, you know, like it, it's just it's a good way to try a lot of different things. And I think the other thing it's really good for. So learning about money, figuring out what you want to do and learning how to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of the the interns here at Fool have figured that out. Yeah. Not every intern I've dealt with has uh, has quite mastered that. Yeah, it's it's really important to know like, hey, you have to show up on time for your job or else you lose it. And and, and even, you know, this is something we've talked about in our career content a lot. Mm -hmm. The colleges do not do a good job teaching kids how to get a job. Yeah. So Going to an office and learning, and Fool is pretty casual, as you can tell by the fact of what we're wearing. Though we're both wearing very formal outfits under the table. That's but our, true. <laughs> on the top, very informal. Basically tuxedos. <laughs> but some places you go, and they expect you to wear a suit. Or there's you know a different standard. It's a uniform. It's a what, And kids are not prepared for this. So you're going to make mistakes. If you're an intern, you are going to, to learn, hey, at this company, every meeting starts five minutes early. Or five minutes late. You know, I worked for a very large company that because the conference rooms were booked wall to wall, two to three, one ended at three, one started at three, your meeting could never start until five minutes late. Learning whatever those corporate cultures are, whatever the, the ethics are, how you approach the boss, and you find out different things about yourself. My first job, like real professional adult job, was working at a magazine doing their sort of like phone book. And it was a lot of like faxing, you know, getting people to fill out forms and proofreading and making sure it was right. And the boss there, who was still the boss there, was a yeller. Oh, no. He was a, but it was all bluster and there was nothing there. So I learned right away that this is not, this doesn't bother me. I can put up with a boss who explodes because I know he's not, I mean, he might be really mad, but he's going to get over it very quickly. 
So I learned I could work for this type of person. And it helped me get a leg up at a place that a lot of people didn't want to work. And, you know, it wasn't always super pleasant, but you start to figure stuff out. You learn, even though everyone always said you'd be a good lawyer, you don't want to be a lawyer. In fact, you hate the concept of being a lawyer. Yeah, but it's even just like those those skills that are required to, to operate in the professional environment. Like I mentioned, timeliness, but just coming to work, <laughs> completing your work at all. Um, and I sometimes think, because uh, I used to, I was a graduate teaching assistant at the University of Nebraska. Um, and I used to teach these students who I always thought like, if you had ever had a job, you would know that this behavior doesn't work in the real world. Like you, when you get homework and you don't turn it in, like the consequences that you get a bad grade. And for a lot of kids, like that, it didn't seem to really matter to them that much. But I'm like, if you're out in the real world and you don't turn in your work, then you can get fired and then you have no money. It, it amazes me. You know, I, I've been a lot of things as we've talked about, but I've been a journalist and an editor, you know, a lot of my career. And you'd get kids. And what I would do is I'd do the interviews and then I'd bring them in for a day. And I'd give them two stories. And the normal workload at a small paper is two stories. And I'd give them softballs. Things that your, your sourcing was easy, but you had to go find people you had. And if at the end of the day they couldn't hand me two stories, they didn't get the job. Because there's a newspaper tomorrow, and if you don't hand in your story, there's a hole in it. And it's just a fact of life. So if you can't handle that, and you don't have six contingencies for everything you're working on, you don't fit in that profession. I think that can be a very tough lesson to learn. I think the other type of skill that it's really good to have, and I guess just kind of knowledge to have in general, is um, how to get a job, like how to interview. <laughs> and I think also just not being scared of working. Because I went to school with a couple kids who graduated college and they had never worked before. They didn't They didn't even work in college, like, you know, at the local ice cream parlor just for fun money or whatever, like nothing. Um, and so they were all so scared to go to their first job because they had never been out in the real world and like worked with other people. And realistically, most people aren't out there are not super geniuses. Like you're not going to get to your first job and be like the dumbest one there <laughs> or the worst one there. But, you're probably average. But you anything. talked about you know working in an ice cream parlor. I ran a giant toy store. And while that turned out to not be my life's work, you learn a lot of things. And you say, you know, the kids who worked for me, mostly kids in that store, they learned what it was like to get yelled at by a jerk. Not me, the customers. <laughs> yep. So if you have a customer who sometimes it's ridiculous, it was a hobbyist who wanted a color of paint that hadn't been made in 20 years, and we made every effort to show them what we did have and what we could get, and they would scream at you. Well, in the real world, people scream at you sometimes. And you have to learn how to handle that professionally and how to move on. So putting your kids in work situations where they interact with people, where they have to learn that, that life isn't fair. Sometimes someone can be terrible to you, and you still have to sit there and say, yes, sir, I'm sorry, you're not happy. And obviously there's a point where it pushes into abuse, where the manager has to get involved and escort someone from the room. But whether it's being a busboy or, or any level of public interaction, or even just working in a back office doing filing, where the world isn't pleasant. And I've had some, some young employees who, in the journalism, the video space, had never been criticized. And when in the normal round of them handing in their work, I'd say, ooh, it'd be nice if you had a shot of that. Literally as mild as that, tears. Oh, no. So, you know, you have to ha make sure your kids are ready. It's, it's just like in sports. If you don't keep score 
and everybody gets a trophy, the first time you do keep score and your kid realizes he lost, it's going to be very bad. So they need that experience, especially the academically gifted ones, of not being good at something. Because were you really great at your job at Fool as good as you are now on day one? Oh, absolutely not. I wasn't. I mean, you know, I, I worked with our, our former editorial director, and I think four of my first five ideas were rejected, just like flat out, you know, we're not publishing this, it's terrible. And I had 15 years as a journalist at that point. You have to get a hard skin, and you got to learn that really early on. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's helpful. It's helpful. You're, you're just going to have an easier time of it when it's time to be on your own. And I think the other thing I kind of wanted to circle back to touch on is we talked a little bit about trying all sorts of different jobs to like figure out what you wanted to do. Um, I wish that more people before they went to college did this because I think that there's a lot of people in college who don't really need to be there at that moment. Like you, it's, it's important to know that college is not just for 18 year olds. Like sure, there's great networking opportunities, but if what you really want to be is a tradesman, like if you want to be a plumber or an electrician or whatever it is, it's okay not to go to school, going to college or not to go to college, because you have to go to right. school to be an electrician, hopefully. <laughs> like That's a very dangerous job. No, my electrician just makes it up. He's, uh, <laughs> he's dead now. So. Um, but no, like it's, it's really important to think about, like is college the best place for you right now? I think that we really, unfortunately, push young people to go straight into college after high school, when maybe that's not the best course for 100% of them. It's also important to gain life experiences. And I'm not saying do the fanciful trip to Europe where you do nothing and hang out on the beach. But you know, if you want to go volunteer for six months, if you want to go work on a cruise ship, we, we've talked about this a lot, Vince and I, on, on the other show, on the TechCon show is if you don't do things when you're young, before you have a mortgage, before you have kids, it becomes that much harder to do them. So if you really want to move to someplace obscure and be a crab fisherman for two years, it's not going to ruin your life. I have an aunt who is is now a very successful businesswoman who didn't go to college till her 30s because she she pursued a lot of things and she had a lot of amazing experiences and that's okay and it makes you a better college student. Yes, it does because by the time you get to college you really really want to be at college for the academics and not just for the social scene, which makes a huge difference. The the other thing I'll say about college is if you do go that academics are a part of it. And yes, if you want to go to medical school or law school, your grades are very very important. But if you don't, if grad school or just general grad school is in your future, make sure that you try everything. You know, I, we talked about I was the editor of the newspaper and I did a radio show and I did a television show and I learned I didn't want to work in television because I couldn't stand the bureaucracy of college television. So I wasn't going to like it in the real world. But maybe I would have found out that I didn't like newspapers or that I didn't. So try different things. Join every club you can and, and experience it intern places, job shadow. You know, you get a six-week vacation at most schools. If you think you might want to be a high school principal, call the principal of your old high school up and say, hey, I'd love to just spend the day following you around. Maybe you want to be an ice cream man. Yeah. Go ride the ice cream truck for the day and you'll learn you don't want to be an ice cream man, would and be my guess. This is relevant to, to high school students, middle school students, college students, everyone. And it never, and that's also a really good professional, <laughs> professional skill to, to foster is contacting people that you don't know and asking them for something. And the worst they can do is say no. Sometimes they attach mean words to it, but mostly just but generally no or they, not respond. Generally, is, it's it's non-response. Because yeah. most people want to be a hero. 
you know, and yeah, maybe that principal will write back and say, I'm happy to talk to you, but privacy rules mean you can't shadow me for the day. You know, there's always going to be little hiccups, but that's a person you then know. Mm-hmm. That's someone, you know, a year from now when you're in school, you can say, hey, would you have take this class or that class? And how would it have helped you? So amass relationships and do things that scare you. You know, I'm a journalist and it still scares me to go walk into a store and talk to a stranger for a story. So do it. Make yourself do it because you'll get better and you'll learn, is this something I can get past and I'll be good at this job? Or is this something that, you know, I I spent a few years as a salesman and cold calling as a salesman is miserable. And I was good at it, but I don't ever want to do it again <laughs> because you you spend all night basically throwing up and being nervous about you know what's going to happen, and that wasn't worth it. And the other thing we talked about before is it's not just about what you do; it's about the life you expect. Because if you're someone who wants certain things, you want to be able to have season tickets to the Red Sox uh, or the Nationals around here. I think that's still a team. <laughs> you, you know, you you want the fancy house, or you love cars and want a Porsche or whatever it is. Well, school teacher may not be the way to go, and you have to balance those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Well, this is getting into a whole other topic about like how you should pick the career for you, which I'm more than happy to have you on the show for in the future. <laughs> But um, just to kind of wrap things up, uh, Dan and I both think that your kids should work. <laughs> that would work for us if they're looking. <laughs> no, we don't if have jobs. We don't have jobs. <laughs> um, but uh, th- we think that we think that kids should work, especially if they're not pursuing anything else with their time. Um, it teaches them how to be professional. It teaches them how to manage their money, and it also helps them figure out what they want to do for at least the next little while. I'm not going to say with the rest of their lives, because that's very dramatic, and you can always change your career if you want to. Again, another good topic for a future episode. <laughs> um, and then they're doing all of this in a very low-stakes environment. That's kind of our summation of the show. But to finish the show, I wanted to ask you kind of a fun question, which is, what is the worst career advice you have ever received? <sighs> Don't job hop would probably be it. <laughs> you know, there there was a prevailing wisdom for a long time that you should pick a company, and no matter how miserable you are, follow it through as if you were going to start. You know, you're going to go work, and I'm I'm not picking this company out of any, but you're going to go to Time Warner. They're an mm-hmm. editorial company, and you're going to start as an intern, and someday you're going to be CEO or editor in chief or whatever the. And that's an outdated logic, and that you know maybe you're not getting it as much. You know we're generationally younger, but the first time I, I you know I, I worked for the company I worked for in college was my first job, and when I went to my mother and I said after about 18 months, yeah I'm leaving and I'm going to work for a Guitar Magazine in New York City, <laughs> and the money's a little bit better, but it's just cool and it'll be fun. She said, but if you stay where you are, you'll get a promotion in another two years. Or And the guy who replaced me stayed for 19 years. So it, it was an option. I, I could have stayed. But honestly, when you're young, don't spend three months at a job, unless it's a three-month job. But be someplace a year and be willing to say, I want to try something different. I want to do something new. And then when you're ready... When you find the right thing, you'll be in better position to sort of know what you want and, and have that career. And then you can stay one place, as, as I have here at Fool for, I don't know, four or five years now. That is much grander, <laughs> like significant bad career advice than, than I was expecting. I can tell you what my bad career advice, worst career advice was. I remember this vividly. I was at a New Year's Eve party, and a woman came up to me, and she thought that I was 
married to my father, um, which was embarrassing to say the least. And she said to me, so what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in high school. I'm 16. (laughs) And she's like, oh, well, you know what you should do is when you're 18, you should join a cruise ship and then become a waitress because then you can meet someone and get married to them and you never have to work. So I think hands down, that is the worst <laughs> career advice that I have ever received oh, in my entire life. So, so, so you tried that, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's part of what we were talking about, trying things in a low stakes environment. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for joining me. I was going to say us, but it's, it's me and me and Austin. Hey, Austin. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm sure that we would love to have you again. Uh, contact us at industryfocus at fool.com or by tweeting us at mfindustryfocus. Uh, I'd really love some pictures of ponies, as mentioned earlier. Um, if not, you can give us me more show ideas, or we can ask Austin for more puppy pictures. Thank you, Austin, for being our producer. Austin, what was your first job? My granddad owned a construction company, so I would sweep floors and clean windows all summer long, pick up trash all summer. And I see that you are not a construction worker. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.